Welcome to the 3B Experience. What's up everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the 3B Experience. Zach McNall here, and I got... Jose Fergoso. Jose Fergoso is in here tonight, too. Um, how's it going, Jose? It's going good. We got a special guest on tonight. We're going to have Tyler Bellman from Midwest Whitetails on. Yep. Um, he's going to tell us about his recent kill with a bucky called Crab King. Yep, I think so. So we're going to get into that. <clears throat> but first, I want to talk about that mountain lion sighting in Madison County. Yep. And Warren County. They don't know if it's the same one, but... It, but it could be, I guess. Oh, yeah. I, I, I guess I don't know how far apart it is from... I think Madison and Warren butt up against each do other. Do they? Yeah. So could be the same one. And there's a video of that, the mountain lion in Madison County under a guy's tree stand. Yep, it walks right by his tree stand. And <laughs> I've had a similar situation, except I was eye level with one. This was when I was... Me and a buddy, high school buddy, went down to his grandpa's farm in Albia, outside of Albia, and we would have been, I think I was a, I think we were juniors in high school when we went down, and uh, we went out for the afternoon hunt, and it was pretty early. I had a fawn, I had this set up, I guess, before I get into it. It was a ladder stand on a ridge. It's kind of, a, I didn't really like the setup, to be honest with you, but I said it, and there's a ladder stand on a ridge looking down this big creek bottom. Well, anything on the trail to my right was eye level with the stand. That's the only part I don't like. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, seen a little yearling down in the creek bottom. I was watching her. Well, then I heard rustling kind of to my right. So I looked over, and it was a <laughs> mountain lion. Fuck. Probably, you know, 15, 10 yards away. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it was – maybe it was hunting that yearling. I have no idea. Right. But there, it was – that yearling, I was watching her, and then I heard that, and so, I mean, that yearling was still down there. Could have been tracking it, I suppose. Yeah, like taking the high ground, and <laughs> anyway, we were eye level, and we had a kind of a stare down for a while, and everyone, you know, didn't believe me, but, I mean, it, I saw it. My buddy seen the track. We went down and saw the track, but right. um, everyone's like, well, if you saw one, why wouldn't you grab your bow and shoot it? It's like, well, when you're eye level with one <laughs> at 10 yards... And your bow's kind of out in front. You don't want to move. No. <clears throat> I was like, I don't know if I move, this thing's going to pounce or it's going to run. I don't know. Yeah, you don't know what it would have done. So, yeah, I didn't shoot it, but um, it filter- It went down in the creek bottom where that kind of that yearling went. And my phone, I, <laughs> my phone died, so I couldn't text my buddy or nothing. So I just got down and ran over to his stand. I'm like, dude, I just saw something. <laughs> and he's like, okay. <laughs> I'm like, I saw a mountain lion. He's like, no, you didn't. Shut the fuck up. I'm like, no, I really did. He's like, so he gets down. I'm like, let's go down the creek because it was wet. I'm like, I bet we can find his track. We go down there and sure shit, there was his track. It's kind of sandy, but mud, sand right, type. You can make it out. Yeah. And he's like, holy shit. <laughs> let's get out of here. <laughs> yeah. And then he told me the rest of that year he was so nervous walking out there in the dark. Oh, I bet. Which I would be too. So that's my next question. If you had a mountain... Mountain lion walked by. Would you shoot it with your bow? Yeah, I would try. See if it was I, a certain. I say it, that. I say that now. Yeah. But 
if you ask 20 people, I bet all 20 would say, oh, yeah, I'd shoot it. But when you're face to face with one, you don't know. Yeah. You don't. You could say you're going to shoot it, but you might not know till you're there. See if it was a different different circumstance, like the video of that one under that guy's stand. Mm-hmm. If like if that cat had no idea I was there, I'd fling. Oh an arrow. yeah, I'd fling an arrow for sure. sure. I don't think that guy did. No, I don't think. If so. he did, he cut the camera off before he shot it. Right. But you can shoot him in Iowa. Yep, because they're not protected. Because I asked the DNR about shooting him, and he's like, "We don't recommend it," but. He's like, if you, there's nothing saying you can't. Right, right. And he was telling me that most mountain lions you see around here are adolescent males. Mm-hmm. And he said the reason being is that they get kicked off their turf wherever they come from. So they got to go find somewhere find, else. And he said their home range is 65 mile radius. Oh my God. So that's, you know, that's a lot. I mean, well, from the exit, if you take the exit on Interstate Brooklyn, that green sign that tells you like you know the next town or whatever it says des moines 66 miles right so, so i mean and that's and that's just one way so you go another 65 miles north 65 miles yeah that's huge <laughs> yeah um so yeah i think i probably w- if the circumstances were right i'd probably take a shot at one i would have to especially the cat in that video that was big yes yes and he was perfectly broadside mm-hmm. right understand <laughs> i would have missed <laughs> <laughs> yeah i would have <laughs> Man, it, that'd be something. But yeah, when you're eye to eye with one, it's a different feeling. Oh, I'm sure. I don't care what any like. I don't care if people believe me. Cause right. I don't. Right. I don't need to prove nothing to no one. But you knew what to, you knew what you saw. Yeah, I knew it wasn't a bobcat. Right. That's what people are saying. It was probably a bobcat. No. No. Not a bobcat. Right. But I did see a bobcat last weekend. Did you? Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yep. Yep. Yeah. It wasn't very. It didn't look that big to me, but I don't know. I got a a mama bobcat and a kitten on camera. Uh, she, I got like a whole series of pictures and they come up to the, ca- they come up in front of the camera and then the little kitten kind of goes off to the side and the mom, like it's, you could tell by the picture that she's up in the air and then she comes down on it. Like they're playing. playing? Yeah. That's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. But I usually get, I probably get at least one bobcat a year with between the three or four farms that I hunt. Yep. But that'd be cool to shoot one with a bow. It would. It My would. dad's got one with a bow is a 28 pound female. Really? Yeah. Of all, I mean, that's a big female. Yeah. I'd love to trap one. I know that farm that I got them on, I could trap it if I want to, but I know nothing about trapping. Nothing. I wouldn't even know where to start. I'm, yeah. You know. I've never tried catching a bobcat, I guess, right. but probably Google it. <laughs> <laughs> YouTube videos out there. No, but there was a mountain lion caught in a trap last winter in Brooklyn, just outside of Brooklyn. Yep. A couple yeah. kids found it. Yep. Yeah, it was yep. in a snare, wasn't it? In a it? snare, yeah. Yeah. Well, I think what happened was it it got caught in the snare, and it ended up breaking the snare, but the snare was still tied around its neck, and it made it so far before, I suppose, it got suffocated. Oh, so it pulled it out of the ground? Yeah. Cause oh, when they, boy. Though that's, at least that's what I was told. Um, I could see it. They're but strong. Yeah, they from where they found it, it was a little bit of ways from where the snare was actually set. Mm-hmm. So, And it wasn't a big, it wasn't a big cat. It was good size, but it wasn't. I say they're solid muscle. Oh, I'm sure. When you, when you see them like walking, it's just you can see every muscle just. You imagine one of them coming uh, after you. No, you <laughs> wouldn't have a chance. No. If you don't have a gun or anything to. Or a knife ready to swing. Yeah, if a mountain lion pounces on you, you're probably done. Yeah. Or going to be really. Because the first thing hurt. it's going to do is go for your throat. Throat, your. Yeah. Yeah. Break your back. I think there's more mountain lions around than 
people think. And for some reason, recently they keep popping up. Uh, yep, yep. Just one <clears throat> got spotted in Lucas County. Yep. What tonight or yesterday or something? Yeah, I think it was yesterday or something on camera. On camera. Yeah. And then they uh, found a dead deer, and then they ended up checking a camera or something or other. And, and someone else shared a trail cam photo is in Iowa. I don't know what county, but a guy, the mountain lion. No, the guy went through to do something, and then it wasn't long la- after the mountain lion was right behind. Yep, him. that was that was just outside of Des Moines. Was I it? Think I think it was. It could have been. I yeah. could be wrong. So yeah, there's. I think there's more than people. Oh think. yeah, you just don't see them. I mean, if you're lucky enough to get one on camera, you're probably doing pretty good. Where we hunt down south, um, the campground we stay at, uh, the park ranger asked us. He's like, "Hey, do you guys see anything weird in the last couple of days?" Is me and my dad, and we're like, no. We're like, why? What's going on? He's like, well, some lady says she's seen a mountain lion running through the park, and <laughs> I said, no. I'm like, yeah. He's like, he's like, a lot of times when people say they see a mountain lion, especially like, not saying anything bad about women, but <laughs> especially a woman, right? It's most of the time it's a bobcat, right? He's like, so I don't know if you guys saw anything or heard anything. We're like, no. So whether or not it was a mountain lion, I don't know. But it could have been. That's way down south. Mm-hmm. That's like almost to the Missouri border. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, I'd, I'd love to get one on camera. That'd I'm be definitely so gonna start cool. carrying because they just passed that law. When was it, a couple years ago or last year? You can carry now when you're bow hunting. It used to be you couldn't have a gun with you. Oh, really? I but didn't, now you can I didn't carry. Know that. Yeah, you can carry a sidearm with you now, bow hunting. But I think have, they passed that a couple. But years you have to ago. have your concealed weapons print. I'm sure. Or do you not have to? That I don't know. We'd have to look into that. I would assume you probably would, but maybe not. Maybe Do you it, have yours? Yep. Yeah. I yep. say I'm yep. definitely. Yep. Also, I mean, when I'm down south, I carry. Just right. You never know what you're going to yep. run in on yep. Southern Iowa public. Right. Yeah. No. <laughs> Tweakers. Tweakers. Mountain lions. <laughs> I, uh, bears. A couple years ago, that same farm where I got the mama bobcat and the kitten, I was going out checking trail cameras, and um, I went to step off the four wheeler. I was I was didn't have my side by side yet, so I was using my father in law's four wheeler. I went to step off the four-wheeler, and it was kind of tall grass, like knee-high. And I thought I heard something rustling through the grass, and I looked down, and then a badger was walking right by the uh, front of the four-wheeler. So if I would have stepped down, it would have been, you know, a couple feet in front of me. Oh my. Scared the shit out of me. So I started <laughs> taking my little twenty-two pistol with me, you know. But Badgers are very aggressive. Are they? That was I, the first time I really got that close to one. I got chased by a badger when I was trapping. I was checking traps. Mm-hmm. And I was under a bridge, and I was getting ready to walk down under the bridge. I heard rustling through this kind of tall grass. <clears throat> was a badger came running out, like charging. Oh my god! I was like, "Holy cow!" I took off running, <laughs> and it was it was actually two badgers, because uh, the first one chased me, and I was standing there on the bridge, and they both popped out. Mm-hmm. I was like, "Fuck you guys! <laughs> See you later." And I didn't have my gun on me. Right. I can't remember if I was setting traps or checking. I must have been setting traps if I didn't have my gun. Right. Anyway, but yeah. They're aggressive. They got huge claws. I've had to dig one out. If they get in your foothold or something, they'll dig down, and then you got to dig them out to get them. No shit. Yeah, and then they're not happy when oh, they come out. Oh, sure not. <laughs> but They make pretty cool, pretty, pretty mounts. A lot of people keep their claws. Oh, really? Like as a necklace. Yeah. I had cool. a, had another buddy from high school. His dad had a necklace of badger claws. It was cool. Hmm. That would be cool. But anyway, let's give uh, Tyler a call and yeah, see, see what, what he's got to say. See what he's up to. Hello? Tyler, what's up, man? 
Oh, not a whole lot. What about you? Oh, just sitting here. Nice. Hey, I got a random question for you. What do you got? Uh, do you guys have mountain lions down where you're at? Um, I mean, there's people that say they see them, but right. I mean, as far as like having actual proof in trail cam pictures, I mean, we've there's been some really weird stuff. A, a pretty good friend of mine, he did find a deer head and carcass like up in a tree. Ooh, you know, yeah. it's like it's probably like I don't know six or seven feet off the ground, but it was like. It still had some hide on it, but it wasn't. It wasn't like a fresh kill, you know. So, right. I mean, I, I don't know if somebody could have tossed it up there, shed hunt and found it, or a bobcat. You know, I mean, there's no way to tell. But in that particular area, people had been talking that they had seen one. So, <clears throat> what part of you're in Missouri, right? Yeah, we're uh, we're east central, like uh, we're about an hour hour and a half north of St. Louis. Okay. You know, twenty five miles off the river gotcha yeah recently around here we've had several mountain lions on trail cam people been sharing on facebook and all that so i was just curious if you guys had that down there um no it the most exciting thing was that bear that came down i mean it i think it came all the way from like wisconsin or something you know the conservation was following it and the, i mean it had news coverage and everything else and then um there was a there was an elk that ran through last year, I think it was, or maybe even two years ago, but that was just south of where I was born and raised. Uh, St. Clement is what it's called, a little town. Nice. Yeah, we'll get we'll get a we'll get uh, a bear at least once a year around here too. Mm-hmm. Seems like. Yeah, <clears throat> I don't know. I don't know what they ended up doing. Do you all remember that bear that they it had all that coverage on the news and was? I mean, it went. I don't even remember where. I think it started getting such a following and. <laughs> was stopping <laughs> traffic and everything else that they ended up relocating it but that was probably a couple of years ago there was one that was hit um up here just <clears throat> so where i live just east of where i live <clears throat> excuse me on along the interstate there was one that was hit um and a deputy went and he actually had took pictures with it and everything and that was just here in east central iowa so wow but it was hit on interstate yeah I got, it got hit, it got hit on the interstate by i think like a a little car is what mm-hmm. it sounded like. Huh. Yeah. Where you got where are you guys located at again? Just central Iowa. Central Iowa? Yeah. Uh let's see, just we're like forty five minutes east of Des Moines. Okay. Yep. Are you for, are you familiar with uh like Collins and Caleb Griner, Collins Marine? Uh, any of those guys? Yeah, I kinda I I guess I don't personally know Caleb Griner, but I know I know the name and you know but yeah, no, I don't. I don't personally know him, but I know of him. Yeah, we've been. I don't even know where all we go. I think it's Iowa City, maybe close to Iowa City. But we go up there and uh, turkey hunt every now and then. And I mean, just being with Midwest, we've got to know those guys pretty well. And uh, when Josh Sparks was still with Midwest, he, you know, we'd go up there and visit with him. And um, I'm trying to think where all we've been. Uh, yeah, I was. Line- oh, go ahead. Sorry. Line, I think Lineville area, and then North Iowa City. Um, I don't know. We they have all kinds of places we go up there, but say so, yeah, Lineville's right on the border, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's yep. that's about as far south as we, as right. far as when we make our Iowa trips. That's you know we're either there or further north. Yeah, 
Yeah, I got a good buddy that lives just north of Lineville and and Leon, just outside of Leon. <clears throat> mm-hmm. So, but he actually has. I think they actually farm some ground. Because doesn't Lineville, part of Lineville is in Missouri and part of it's in Iowa? If I remember yeah, right. Yeah, I think they just, like, if I'm not mistaken, I think they changed the name to, like, South Lineville. I don't know. It's not, like, big <laughs> enough to change, but yep, yep. I'm pretty sure I remember hearing something, like, the last time I went through there. He said, oh, yeah, we, they, they changed their name to South Lineville now or something. I'm hmm. like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, but, yeah, it's just right across. It's not really couple hours for me to get up there okay well hey how about you just tell us a little bit about yourself and then we'll kind of get into everything yeah i appreciate you all asking me to come on um yeah you bet you know i I like meeting people and sharing our experience and whatnot and just kind of reaching out and getting to know different people i wish we you know could shake hands and meet in person but that's part of it well maybe uh, maybe someday we can yeah yeah we'll have to get together but yeah um about me uh i'm 30 um sell equipment work at a a new holland dealership i have since 2015 i believe is when i started there um just you know graduated college and ended up taking a job back in my hometown i knew i wanted to be back here to be able to hunt and you know be around family and do that type of thing and um i got married june 4th of last year to uh, my wife went to high school with her and we kind of got back in touch in college and um you know just worked out so we're both from this area and um she's a counselor and just kind of getting our uh i guess getting our roots in the ground if you if that's how you put it but right um yeah just sell equipment every day and then uh obviously hunt 24 7 so <laughs> right yeah yeah so you're in you're in like a small town yeah so uh bowling green i don't know exactly how many people bowling green is but um you know we got a walmart there's a prison there's you know small stuff pizza mcdonald's ain't, ain't a really big town it's starting to grow quite a bit but right um yeah it's not yeah, I live in real small town, <laughs> Iowa. We don't got all we got is a gas station and a post office, basically, and a bar. Well, that's that's how the I live in a little little town where we live at is uh, called Frankfurt, which is just like ten miles from Bowling Green, twelve miles from Bowling Green. But right. uh, yeah, we have a post office. We don't have post office and a gas station. It's you know, yeah. it's real. It's probably what you all are familiar to. Yeah, but yep. it's, it's better that way anyway. Oh yeah, I, I like it. Yep. Um, kind of tell us how or who got you into hunting. <clears throat> um, my cousin. So, um, Justin, the the fellow I hunt quite a bit with. Um, he's the one that really introduced me to to hunting. You know, my dad took me a little bit. Um, my dad farms and carries mail full time, so he just didn't have the time. My cousin uh, is very passionate about his hunting and got me into hunting and fishing if you will but i actually fish more with my dad now than than anything my dad loves fishing he's that's what he likes to do but yep. i would say my cousin justin um he started taking me and then um you know my dad the farms that we hunt um our main what we call our main farm where i harvested my buck and where a lot of our bucks that have went on the show 
have have been taken um that was kind of justin's uh starting point if you will i i didn't hunt hard you know my dad hunted a little bit justin's brother hunted a little bit and as time went on i went to college and i didn't come back as much so my cousin he really was the one that started to do the start to finish food plots and to do the management the bedding the you know just everything that it takes and um so when i would come back you know he's like hey you know this is what we're shooting you know this is he's the deer you know he started running trail cameras he was kind of the between our friend group i feel like he was probably one of the first ones that really started passing three-year-olds and targeting specific deer and and shed hunting and you know i was little at the time i mean this was you know i, I think i think on our hard drive we have documented back to 2005 or six is when we first started keeping all our trail cam pictures and before that um you know he ran the wildlife eye um i don't know if you guys remember that or not the jury yeah. said that wildlife eye out so <laughs> yeah, i know he, yep yep he has cool video of that but you know i was kind of before it was still uh sd cards or uh compact flash cards were kind of coming around and it wasn't really the film uh, you know, we get your pictures printed. I know he does have a boatload of printed trail cams, uh, pictures as well, but, um, he started doing that. He started kind of putting hit lists together. And then, you know, I was just eager to get in the stand and shoot something. And right. it, he was like, oh, well, we're not shooting this. We're not shooting that. And I just kind of, kind of caught on to it and you would see the progress of deer that he passed and then what he would shoot. I'm like, man, this is what I want to do. I'd, you know, I, I, I got to give it to him. Everything that I know as far as, and I don't know, I don't, I don't, I still learn something every year. You know, I, right. I hate to say that we, that we would know everything because we don't. And we're yeah. just, we're just guys that want to learn every time we go out. But, um, he's, he's taught me everything I know from thermals to entry exit to food plots to, I mean, he's a mastermind and, I know luck has to be on your side, but it seems like luck's on his side a lot more than anybody else's. He's <laughs> he's put a lot of big deer down, and it's pretty cool watching him do it. Yeah, and a little bit of skill goes into that too. Not oh just, yeah, you know. yeah, definitely. I, that was my thing. You know, I'd I'd get a picture of something, and I'd want to dive right in. And he right. always told me, like, <laughs> "You got to play your cards right. You got to play your cards right." And I'm like, "Man, what do you mean?" And so that uh, my first. Uh, my first archery buck with a bow was 2019 and, okay. uh, and you know, I, I 2015, it was probably 20, I bet it was 20, 2012, 2013 is when I kind of started filming. So I'd come home and I'd sit behind him and I, I loved running the camera more than anything. And, um, I just thought it was cool that, you know, not a lot of people really knew, the history that he had with deer you know he had sheds off of deer and stuff and i'm like man we need to be we need to be documenting this stuff you know you're shooting deer that you got sheds off of that you passed the year before you know he, he may take his little handheld and he would have videoed him the year before or something you know he's got quite a few cool videos like that but yeah. um I'm like man this is this is storyline deer so i, I want to do this i could care less about killing him that's that's the fun you know it's fun but for me i like I like doing the food plots and all the stuff that goes into it more so than that. So I kind of got behind the camera and started doing that. And it took me years to actually shoot a buck with my bow. I'm, I could have, you know, a week, if we weren't picky and 
targeting specific deer and then it's like they they survive missouri rifle season it's like okay their percentage of making it's like 85 percent now to where it was probably like 25 two weeks ago right exactly so it was just hard to pull a trigger on them when they got you know once they made it past rifle season and so that's kind of how i got into it so did you dive right into archery or did you start with gun yeah i shot let's see uh i had three deer on the wall with a rifle and my last one um i see i I filmed i filmed the last two with a rifle and i don't know it just it wasn't that i was wasn't you know i i don't know i was excited but i was like you know it's like the one of them we were sitting in a blind and it ran out across my grandma's field and across the road and then you know, it was on the neighbors, and we were watching the whole time and videoing it, and it would never cross into the, into our side, and it ran back, and my cousin came down the road, and he's like, holy cow, he's running down the middle of the road in front of me. <laughs> so we got, you know, we we jumped on the ranger, and we went down to grandma's and sat for a while, and we tried, you know, kind of came up with a game plan. We knew we had him in this little block of timber, and we went up and sat on the slough for a while. He never come out there, and, you know, this was like 12 o'clock. Right. Like, all right, let, let's just we'll meet at grandma's and we'll game plan and then we'll grab a bite to eat and then we'll just sit up on him and whatever side he comes out, you know, whoever will get him, we'll get him. And I'm going up the, you know, grandma's lane's pretty long and I'm going up it and there he's standing in the field. So <laughs> I jumped, I just jumped off the ranger and, you know, we're on the it's private property. We're on the fence post of her lane and he's standing in the front field. And there's just, I don't know, you know, it was a buck I was after, but then after, you know, after that happened, I was like, man, it's just, the last two, you know, the other one was probably at 100 yards, 150 yards, and, you know, you shoot, and it's just kind of like, yeah. Yeah, the whole the whole gun thing didn't, like, trip your trigger type deal. No, I, I highly doubt that unless we have just an absolute, like, over 200-inch deer or something crazy right. that, you know, once in a lifetime, I, I will probably never pick a rifle up again unless I take my kids or something one day. Right. Yeah, I feel like archery. You're more. It's more like, uh, I guess, r- romantic. I guess you could call it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, you get more involved. You get kind of more. I mean, I've shot plenty of deer with a gun, but I've never been as excited as when I, you know, shoot one with my bow. Yeah, and I mean, it's kind of hard to explain. I mean, everybody everybody has their own desires and and goals, but like you said, it there's no feeling like it with a bow and. No. You know, even even when they come out at 100 or 80, it's still like that whole time you're just like, you know, you, your head's pulsating and you, yeah. you feel the pressure. And then, <laughs> you know, with the rifle, it's like, oh, they're at 200. Okay, let's, we can, we could do this if we yeah, want. Yeah, yeah. But like with a bow, it's like, oh, he's still quartering two. I don't know if I want to take that or, you know, a rifle, you just put it on him and and that's it but say so it's more not, of a, it's more of a cat mouse game with a bow than it is you know with a rifle mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. yeah we uh i don't know we we always talk about the we always talk about the the land management part of it that being our favorite part the yep. the food plots watching it grow the trail cameras and that's really what we have done the last couple years and we've tried to acquire some new pieces um we have you know several different leases and partnerships that we've done and it's just fun to take 
a new area, a clean slate and design it and watch it work. And, you know, you, we have some ground that's, uh, kind of wide open with draws and, you know, big ag field, multi hundred acre ag fields that, right. you know, that's, you can't just dive off into those pieces. Like you can hard timber and, and get away with stuff you got. I mean, it's like more surgical. And then we have our big timber pieces, um, where we can have hardwood rut haunts that are just you know, chaotic with deer in, in, in deep timber. And then we also have, you know, kind of a mix of rolling topography bluffs with, you know, smaller portions of timber with, thick, you know, thicker beddings where we can hunt them on the edges with food plots. So it's it's cool to kind of dissect each area and learn how to hunt each specific one. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so how long have you been with Midwest Whitetail? I want to say it had to be that I think it was around 14 or 15, 2014, 2015, somewhere in there. Okay. So you've been there a while. Mm-hmm. And so I, you kind of already covered this. Like you're, you got into filming, then your cousin got you into the whole filming and producing the digital media type deal. Um, yeah. So whenever, when I, he got me in the hunting part, but, I wanted to, you know, I was always a huge fan of juries in Midwest, Bill Winky, and, um, you know, he was too. He he loved watching it, and I was like, man, we need to do that. And at first it was, it, and it was him and my other, our friend Mitch, uh, who's also, you know, we've, we've been at it since the start with each other. Um, but for them, it was like, well, eh, you know, if it's off camera, you know, it is what it is. And I was right. like, man, well, we can do it. Like, you know, so we've there's been times where we didn't shoot cause it was too dark. Um, you know, we've had some, some mix ups of people, you know, out of focus or miscommunication, you know, stuff that, that happens. But for the most part, at first it was just kind of a, it was kind of like a, uh, we, we may do it if it works, you know, we may not. And then, then we just got so involved that it was like, no, we have to do it this way. And, um, we just, we kind of made an agreement with each other and we got in the system of filming and, you know, that's the hardest part that a lot of people um, don't pick up on and is how to hunt with someone else and not just with someone else within a whole nother camera. And you don't really consider those factors. And like, you know, there's just little things that, you know, we just assume as a, as a hunter, we assume our cameraman's on them unless they tell us differently. So, right. um, you know, sometimes we'll ask, are you on them or this or that? And, um, but getting into that system and learning how to hunt with each other and scent control and entry and exit and walking in and, and you know, there's, a, there's so much more that goes into it and it can be, it can be very frustrating. I mean, you know, you're, you're on each other's terms and, uh, you know, it's early mornings, it's packing everything in. And I mean, it's, it can be a chore. It's, yeah, it's work it's for sure. It all works, but it's, it is a lot of, a lot of work. So, yeah, I used to film for, um, well, you, you know Billy C. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. So I used to film for his team back in the day, and I mean, yeah, there's a lot of times, there's a lot of deer that walked because we couldn't get on camera type deal. So I mean, it's dedication for sure, trying to you know tell a story and get everything, mm-hmm. everything aligned and all that good stuff. So yeah, I understand that part of it. Yeah, I I haven't uh, met Bill yet, but um, he's in a we have a. Um, Midwest Whitetail Snapchat group, and he—I was just watching it literally right before I got on there. He was in there, um, sending us all stuff, you know, being funny. But yeah, 
yeah, he. I know of him. I guess you will. But um, actually, I'm trying to think of when. So, when Aaron Aaron Warburton and all those guys were with Midwest. Yep. Um, that's when we first started because I, I went to um, I went to Grand Pass to go duck hunting. And I was in line to do the quick draw, and I heard this voice. And I thought, <laughs> I know that. That's Aaron Warburton. I know it is. And we're in a, you know, Grand Pass is chaotic. There's, you know, could be hundreds of people packed in this little room to do a quick draw on public ground. Right. Uh, duck hunting. So I spin around, and I'm like, that's, you know, Aaron Warburton. I know him. So I went <laughs> back, made small talk with him, and I was like, man, you know, I, I don't know anything about filming. I want to get into filming, and – um. I'm a huge fan of Midwest. I was like, I don't know what it would take to get on there, but, uh, I was like, I'll, we, you know, I can send you what we videoed. It ain't pretty. And it's like, I can do whatever. I was like, I'd, I'd love to have a shot. He's like, yeah, send me your email. And I did and filled out a, uh, application, you know, pro staff application at the time, what they had and yep. sent stuff in. That was kind of, that's really how I got into, you know, Midwest. Gotcha. Yeah, for those of you that don't know, Aaron's the one that started the hunting public and all that stuff. Yep. So great guys, super good guys. Yep, I've talked to him a couple times. That like when they're at the Deer Classic and stuff, and yeah, they're super cool guys. Mm-hmm. But um, so you seem you're kind of the type of guy that you know you do whatever it takes to get it done year in and year out. Um, what do you feel like your main factor or factors are that lead to that continuous success um that's i don't know I, it's that's a tough question I, right yeah I sorry to put you I on the spot no that's okay i don't <laughs> i don't feel like i've i don't feel like i've had the success um I, i've only shot two deer with my bow so oh, okay. i i feel like i feel like i'm or two bucks i guess you will with my bow i feel like i'm i'm on the edge of you know, kind of following in Justin's footsteps and the, these other fellas, but, um, we're always learning. So, um, I don't feel like, I don't know. I, I can answer that question, but I don't feel like that is, uh, I have a ton of knowledge cause I don't have that experience gotcha. of, of long term. but it's, it's the stepping stones that we want to take. But I would say, um, what I've learned in the last couple years, um, is pressure that you don't that you don't particularly know that you're putting down so like we just switched to the full cutty link system and the cellular cams um which you know uh, some people can argue it you know it, it definitely makes things way easier it makes your footprint smaller no doubt about it you're you know you're not handling physically handling cameras you're not physically going in and putting sin on the ground or crossing you know just because you don't see him in there, he may come back an hour later and know, okay, something's been here. You know, they're picking up on that. Um, and then we've, you know, last couple years we started hunting with redneck blinds and, and working on putting our food plots in an area where we can get in and out with minimal intrusion uh, and, you know, crossing the pass with whatever deer it is. You know, you can always go and see a pile of those and young bucks, but the big boys, they don't, they don't slip up too often. So we've, right. we've really got into, um, the food, the whole food plot architect, if you will. And, uh, just trying not to be too intrusive. We, yep. we felt like we were doing too much at times and it was hurting us. And we've just kind of 
tried to ease back and not do too much and it seems like it's been working a lot better yeah yeah i think a lot of people don't realize um like you said yeah cell cameras can make it easy because you're not going in there every couple weeks to check cameras people don't realize every time you walk in there any any branch any twig you rub up against or step on you're leaving scent and that buck will pick up on it i mean mm-hmm. they will and especially those mature deer yeah you know when people don't people don't realize that they think oh it's okay because i didn't see any deer walking in i didn't spook any deer well what came back by there an hour later two hours later after you were out of there you know yeah yeah you know and i wasn't when the whole cell cam thing came online i i didn't really know how i felt about it and you know, everybody has their own opinion and, you know, where do you, where do you really draw the line? You know, some of them are instantaneous. So, you, I mean, you could literally, if it was at your house, you could look at your phone and go and grab your rifle and go, boom, you know, he's down. And then, right. uh, you know, like the cutting link system, it's, it's either, um, like a bat, what they call batch sending. So like we can set it on, like when you get 30 pictures, uh, through your network, it'll, it'll send them as a batch of 30 or you can have them sent once an hour. And I don't feel like, you know, it, we definitely have an advantage at that point, but it's not instantaneous. It's within an hour or if it's at the end of the hour, it is within a couple minutes, right? Depending on how that falls. Right. Yep. Um, so I don't know, you know, there may be one day where we say, you know, if we're not doing the whole storyline and we're not wanting to grow this history and know these bucks in and out like we do, maybe a day where we just pick up our bow and we don't run trail cameras and we go, I'm going to go to the woods. I'm going to go shoot what makes, you know, what I feel like is a mature deer, whatever makes me happy, which is cool. I, you know, I have a ton of respect for those type of people. It's just, it's crazy to think that you can literally sit there and go two minutes ago, my target buck was here. You know, it's just crazy (laughs) to think about. Yep. That's what we've talked about before. Like, you know, do you feel cell cams as, you know, people see it as cheating or some of the old boys, you know, was like, oh, that's cheating. And, you know, I can see where they're coming from. But at the same time, you know, cell cams don't kill big bucks either. No, it, I mean, you still have to know what you're doing. And, you know, it, it's probably the same guys that started shooting recurve uh, traditional archery. When the compound came along, they're mm-hmm. probably going, oh, look at these guys. You know, right. And you have, you know, we have to give mad respect to the guys that still shoot traditional or you know, those guys that did that starting out, but at the same time, you know, we're making more ethical shots with better equipment. It's the same with the, you know, the crossbows that came on the market. It's not our cup of tea, but they have their leg to stand on. It's faster. It's more ethical. It, you know, it, it, everybody has their own opinion and that's okay. And, you know, we got as, as a a group of hunters, we got to accept everything, you know, and, and try to, stick together it's not I, I don't think it's what's right or wrong it's you know doing what you feel is is the ethical thing to do in the right situations and enjoying it more so than saying oh you know joe's over here doing this wrong but i'm running a cell cam. you know it's not really yeah it really yeah we we, we all got to kind of be on the same team and not be you know fighting each other over stupid stuff and you know Especially with today's world with people and PETA and all that good stuff. Yeah, we yeah. we all fall in that same circle. We're all outdoorsmen and we're out there to try to shoot a deer and it don't matter what kind of weapon we're carrying, we're all we're no we're out there doing the same thing. Yep, we gotta 
we definitely have to stick t- together in today's day and age, and more importantly, get uh, youth involved. I think is just yep. a factor as well. But have you ever dabbled in like traditional archery? No, I. As time goes on, it it definitely becomes uh, a little more appealing. I mean, I don't know why making something harder. <laughs> it seems seems like a good idea, but yeah. Uh, it's, I think I guess it would be kind of like one of those things is just to see if I can do something like that. Yeah, see, I've been bow hunting since I was 12. I'm 30 now, but um, last year or two years ago, I started dabbling in some traditional, just, you know, kind of change it up, and I went turkey hunting with it, and it's we got it on film, but I missed the turkey at, like, 15 yards, and then that really discouraged me, and then from <laughs> then I just picked up the compound again. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, it's, uh, I, I mean, I have mad respect for the guys that do it. That is yeah. there's a way that can be easy. Yeah. Yeah. I tried doing it. I got a recurve, uh, two years ago and I wanted, I got it in the middle of winter and I was just going to shoot at like 10 yards in my basement and, mm-hmm. um, I was going to try to get good with it and then try to kill a turkey with it in the spring while well, I never practiced with it. So spring came along and I'm like, I'm not even going to bother trying to kill a turkey. So my goal was to practice with it and try to kill at least one doe with it that fall. Well, with recurves, you got to practice. You can't just, you know, like compound, you can go out there and shoot four or five arrows and you're good. Well, with the recurve, oh, yeah. you, you got to shoot and shoot and shoot. And I would, I would shoot, you know, shoot good in like two or three days in a row. But if I, if I didn't shoot for another two or three days, if I took two or three day period, I was mm-hmm. back to square one at the beginning and it. I got so flustered with it, and then I just put it away. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I, I couldn't. I could only imagine. Yeah, traditional is definitely something you got to stick. With. If you're really gonna do it, you just got to put your <clears throat> compound away. Don't even look at it, and just dedicate yourself for a year or two just traditional. Mm-hmm. But um, what is your biggest gross scoring buck then? Um. It was a deer that we called Wishbone. It was, that was a 2019 archery buck. It was 164. Nice. Yeah, that was. Um, it wasn't on the main show. It was on the um, Great Plains Regional, and then it was also on the Chasing November. But, um, man, that was a very documented deer for us as well. Um, we had I'm trying to think. We had the previous. We had the previous two years video history with it. I passed it the year before um, when he, we believe he was five that year before. Um, he was probably mid 150s in January. Just an, an insane hunt over standing beans. There was probably, I think we got in the deer stand at like 1130 and I'm not joking. My foot no sooner hit the platform. I looked over and he's standing, <laughs> you know, at like, i don't know 150 yards around the corner and at at the time um you know i just had a i had a friend fill in that was videoing and uh he's like he's like hey he's like who's that and i'm like oh that's wishbone he's like you're shooting him right and i was like no he's like are you kidding me and i'm like (laughs) i'm I'm not shooting him because the week before um i had filmed i'm trying to think who I don't remember if I filmed Justin. Yeah, I think I did. I think I think I had filmed Justin shooting a deer. 
maybe that misfit buck early that year, second day of bow season. And, uh, so we, you know, we were alternating on who, you know, as we go hunting, even though he had already tagged, we were still alternating and he wanted to shoot this wishbone buck. And so we can go in there to hunt him and, uh, a deer that we call DT comes in, you know, five year, five, maybe, yeah, five or six year old, just a bully buck comes right down the pipe, 25 yards, and he's like, not going to shoot it. So we kind of, <clears throat> I don't, we didn't really get into it about it, but I was like, hey, man, why are you passing an older deer for high scoring, you know, younger deer whenever, you know, that's not really what we're, it's not what we're preaching and not what, what our goal is, you know, and, right. I was like, I just want to shoot a mature deer with my bow. I haven't shot a deer with my bow before, a buck, and yep. I'd shot plenty of does. But um, he was like, okay. He's like, well, what are you going to do uh, if you go back in there and wishbone comes out? I'm like, no, I'm going to pass him. So we shook on it. <laughs> and no, I'm not joking. The, the very next day, and we had an encounter with wishbone that night. He just didn't come in range. And then the very next day, he come out and did it all. I mean, he laid down, he sunbathed, he chewed his cud, he got in the beans, he was in the clover, he pushed deer around, he hit a scrape. I mean, did everything for hours and then walks by at 30 yards and you can hear the guy that's filming me, he goes, Tyler, seriously, seriously, dude? <laughs> and uh, I was like, I'm not shooting that deer. And uh, so then that was 2018, so 2019 rolls around and you know justin's like you're up to bat you know i'm i'm gonna sit out until you kill you know you want to shoot a mature deer with your bow you held out whatever so i was like okay uh it was october 4th i think and we had like a i don't know what it was a barbecue event that we had to go to you know so i'm like you know it was big one of the very first good cold days of you know october and justin's like i'm just gonna go sit on the on the west side of the farm and see if wishbone comes back because he doesn't show up till october you know right and so he's like i'm gonna go sit the west side just on the outskirts to see if wishbone shows up and uh he's like you know it won't be a big deal I'll just watch whatever so he calls me or texts me he's like hey dt's in the field and i'm like well you got to shoot him you know like don't wait on me it's not my fault i couldn't be there and so he ends up coming in and uh he shoots him at 51 yards and um, it was just funny cause we didn't have any pictures of wishbone and then, uh, his very first hit of the year, DT comes all the way from, you know, he was only on the East side of the farm all year long. We've been getting pictures from him. And that one night he decides to move over to the West side and come in for justice. I was like, <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah. He, he passed him the year before cause he didn't really have the desire to shoot him and was specifically targeting wishbone. And then it, it just, it just worked out. So then. You know, we, he did that and, you know, we're like, you know, we kind of disturbed the woods a little bit and we had some cameras in the bottoms and stuff where we typically just didn't go check. And he's like, well, while we're down here getting everything, you know, kind of stirred up, he's like, I'll pull these cards. And sure enough, there's wishbone September. I want to say it was like September 16th, 17th, something like that. And, uh, he just hadn't made it up to our main stuff yet. And, uh. And then, and then it just started clicking. I mean, it was like clockwork. He was in there all the time. And that was when Justin was telling me, he's like, you have to play your cards, right? So we kept sitting that West side and we couldn't get the right wind, even though he was on the main food plot. And I had a beautiful, I think it was a four or five year old eight pointer we called matches. 
he came right in and really tempted me. I'm like, man, <laughs> there's my buck, you know. And he was like, Justin just kept telling him, he's like, you just wait. He's like, it's he's so comfortable back there on our main plot. He's like, you just wait. It's it's gonna happen. So, um, we got the right wind, hunted him, and uh, he came out with a doe. And then they got squirrely right there at the end of light, and they, you know, cleared the field. We sealed the redneck blind up. We were like, what happened? You know, like we had a perfect win. Something happened. Well, then they come back out and he walks by at 30. I could have shot him probably, but it was too light, you know, too dark for the camera. Right. And he beds down at like 60 yards. And I'm like, how are we going to get out of here? Well, we had the redneck blind in the edge of the cornfield and we had a clover plot out in front of us. He's bedded with this, you know, what seems to be a hot doe at like, you know, I don't even know. I couldn't really tell 70, 80 yards, something like that. And, uh, the wind had just started picking back up and it was blowing the corn stalks and leaves enough where it was making enough noise. And, you know, I asked Justin, I was like, do we have somebody come pick us up and push him off? And he's like, Nope. He's like, we're going to, we got a perfect wind. He's like, we'll open up this redneck door. He's like, you just watch him with the binoculars. He said, I'm going to crawl down and you hand all the stuff down to me. We had a maze built through the corn to get out. <laughs> and so, he's down on the ground and i'm watching him well all of a sudden he stands up and i thought he's looking at me and i'm like you know we had just enough moonlight and i'm like oh my gosh this is a disaster <clears throat> well i see his demeanor change and then i look out of the front of the redneck blind and i see another four-year-old um i don't remember even what deer it was but he's like sidestepping through the clover and you know d at this point i can kind of read his body language wishbones working his way towards him with his ears peeled back and i'm like this is perfect this is a perfect time to get out of here so they you know he ends up running that deer off and i can hear him running and uh i shut the door on the redneck blind and i can get down to where i'm just starting to get in the edge of the corner where i can use the moonlight to still see the edge of the field and the doe's still laying down and he comes back over and uh i watch him he goes down on his you know front legs and he lays right down next to her and we slipped out and then i came back in and killed him the next night but I mean, it was just, it was crazy how it worked. That is crazy. So your cousin killing that other buck, you think that's what helped bring him in? Um, no, I don't think so. Um, indeed, the deer that we called DT, he was on the, he was on the, what we call the big plot. Um, he was on it a lot, like during late season and stuff, but it really wasn't, I don't think they had crossed paths too much. If any at all, because, you know, the DT deer, he was a deer that was there so much, you know, he's just a homebody. And then the wishbone buck, we never had velvet pictures or anything of him. He, you know, he would just show up. So I just think it was, would, would have stuff gotten sideways? Absolutely. I think they would have been, they would have been crossing each other's paths if, if, if he didn't kill him. But I don't think it was one of those things that it was like, you know, the slot had opened up because, you know it, they just i don't feel like they were crossing it was still early october they just weren't they weren't crossing too hard yet i don't think yep so you guys kill a lot of your bucks then out on like the fringes then um yeah matter of fact um see the dt bug misfit mine um really i would say it's 50 50 at this point but yeah we we're, we're able to hunt the big plot with doing this corn maze and stuff before we would just put beans in um 
we didn't run a lot of corn. We didn't do the corn maze. It was hard to hunt the north side of it. We didn't really have an entry and exit, but um, we started running electric fence. We it was so hard to raise anything, and we tried we tried doing that uh, three strand electric fencing, and it's completely changed everything because we can grow. I mean, the deer won't get in it at all, and right. uh, and so we it's just allowed us to be able to. Th- this is the first year we've done Egyptian wheat because uh, input costs are so high for corn. And yep. we we did to rotate our crops anyways. We we pulled some clover and we're switching clover around into some different areas and whatnot. But um, I think we've been more successful on the outskirts. I guess to answer your question, we've been more successful on the outskirts because it's not so intrusive, right. and we didn't have a way to really fine tune into our big food plot hard uh, at the right times. I think that's going to change with time because you know, like right now we have there's the bucks in there just daylight this has just been an exceptional year for weather and the, right. the amount of daylight movement that we've had has just been unheard of for us yeah i don't know if you guys ever did like if you guys got aggressive and dived in like close to a bedding area or anything like that but if you don't have to i guess you don't need to mm-hmm. yeah we will um um it, probably it very end of october to first of november we'll really burn it up yeah in those particular areas when you can get away with more but um we really haven't had to have a reason to do it um up to this point because we we put our greens on the outskirts and they they come to it and you know we really don't hunt this is the hardest we've hunted early since i can remember you know since really have paid attention like this but uh we we've just had i don't know if you guys have had these cold fronts like we've had but it's been insane Yep, we've had them. We've been pretty blessed with the cold fronts this year. And you know, we're we're September fifteenth. You guys are October first, right? Yep. So we got you know we got quite a window there to hunt too. But so you said you shot your two thousand nineteen buck in September too? No, that was uh, November. Oh, okay. November second. I think he shot. I think that was the same year he shot the the deer we called Misfit. He would have shot it on uh, September seventeenth. Okay. Wow. So the bucky Second, shot the bucky shot this year. That was September though, right? Um. Yes. Yep. So do you normally try to get like on your target bucks early when they're more patternable, or is this just kind of how it unfolded with this buck? Yeah, we will. Um, if you know, if it, if they're showing us their if they're showing us their true colors like that, absolutely. And, right. um, what, what has been so good for us is, uh, double crop beans behind wheat because they're so short and tender and green. I mean, it is, it's hard to beat it. You can get oats. We can get oats up pretty quick. Um, this time of year and they will be green and lush and, you know, they'll hit the tops of turnips, but man, I'm telling you what, if you can, if we can get on double crop wheat beans, I, I would put that up against a, a cold front early uh, in September, early October on beans that are still green. I'll put that up against anything it so, could, because it's so predictable. Yep. So I've had, you know, buddies, they get some trail cam pictures of a, you know, mature buck daylighting, but they're almost scared to go in and after him. But it's like, they're like, hey, what should I do? It's like, if it was me, I'd kind of dive in and try and kill him, but... 
I don't know. Mm-hmm. Just depends on the situation too. But I mean, I don't think people are kind of scared early season to bump their bucks out. But I feel if you have the right conditions and everything aligns, you mean you should dive in and try and kill that buck. Yeah, and you know that's that's a. I feel like that is a time of year too. Depending on how your farm set up, you can you can. I feel like you can not necessarily mess it up but they can catch on to you a little bit and it and it's still not run them you know for the whole you know whole year you're not really in their bedding right uh you know we're on the outskirts where you know there's naturally farming ag going on people in and out spraying tractors you know stuff like that we're not in their bedroom we're not yep you know we're not just beating down the door and in, in, in a super confined area it's just you know, like, kind of like you said, you got to jump on that opportunity when it's in front of you. Right. Well, I say if, you know, Jose, you got anything to add or anything? No, I don't think so. I say, let's get into your, the buck you killed this year. You called him crab king. Yep. Called him crab king. I'd say, let's just start from the very beginning. You know, when did he first show up and when did you know he was a deer you wanted to kind of keep tabs on and potentially kill someday? Would have been 20, what is that, 2019, I guess. He would have been what we consider, what we feel like was a two-year-old. So that he was actually a deer that we were going to harvest last year. We thought he was we thought he was five last year, and he, and he very well could have been. I mean, it's so hard to tell at two to three. And um, it was another thing that me and my cousin uh, were discussing to Mitch. I'm like, man, we have got, we have to start saving these two and you know, two-year-old deer, they all look the same roughly. And right. you can, we started trying to pick up on characteristics and, and they're, you know, where they spend a majority of time. I know they, they run a lot harder than any other deer, but, uh, 2019, he had a, he had a cut in his ear and we only saved like three pictures of him. And my cousin saved it because he had the cut in his ear. So last year, you know, we're chasing this deer, we're chasing this deer. And I'm like, you know, we get pictures of him and I'm like, you know, some days he would look big bodied and then the next days I'm like, man, that deer looks four. And it's just so hard to tell. It's almost impossible to tell. So I kept going back on it, kept going back on it. And, you know, we, we knew he had to cut in his ear from the year before yep. in the 2020 season. And so it just kept bothering me. So I went into 2019 and I went through every picture and boom, there he is hitting a scrape, got the cut in his ear, little crab claw eight. And, uh, I called my cousin. I said, Hey, I'm sending you this picture. I think we have two more pictures of him. When I, you know, once I went through all the pictures, I said, I think, I think we have a total of like three pictures of him. I sent it to him. I said, I just want your honest opinion. What do you think? And, uh, he's like, man, I'd call that deer too. And I said, well, if that's the case and that's going to put him at four this year, like let's make sure that we're, you know, if it's something that we want to do to target five-year-olds and we need to make sure that, you know, especially with a deer that is such a home body, let's make sure that he is, at least five before a year off then he's six then it is what it is whatever mm-hmm. you know that's that's our goal let's stick to it so he was hunting this deer that we called big chief um that storylines on there too it was kind of a we can come back to that later but um that deer was super homebody in this block of timber where i killed him out of but that deer was super homebody in there and he was nowhere to be found he always showed up in october you know, time's going on, time's going on, time's going on. And Justin's hunting Crab King a little bit and he's all over him. You know, we, his first hunt of the year again in the food plot that I, that I 
ended up killing him on this year, comes out and Justin passed him because it was early. It was still in October, and he's like, I had to make a tough decision on you know a deer that we at the time thought was we thought he was five before we had really dove into it, and uh, you know he let him go, and uh, he was just dead set on on the big chief deer. Well, that deer never showed up. Never showed up. It's like November november 2nd november 4th somewhere in there i think it was he's hunting the same food plot where i shot crab king and he was going to try to harvest crab king at this point because we thought big chief was a no-show right. and out of nowhere here comes here comes big chief and we're like holy cow he's back <laughs> and uh so then he really just shoved crab king to the side he's like i'm going big chief or bus like that's it how big is big chief um, he was a hundred and sixty-three inch mainframe eight. Oh wow, Jesus! Yeah, he's he's insane. Yeah. But um, I'll touch back on that here in a bit. So, uh, so that kind of shoved Crab King to the side. I, you know, we looked back. I really dove into it. We we felt like at a minimum, you know, we were like, okay, at a minimum, he's four for sure. We got to do a better job of saving two-year-olds in our pictures and trying to really, you know. Really, if you know them at three and four, there's a pretty, pretty good chance you're going to have some pictures of them at two. It may take it may take some really diving in to to pick up certain characteristics, or you know, like he went from an eight to a ten, but his main beams crabbed so hard. We knew, you know, it, it it's not unlikely that he went from an eight to a ten, and, and without that cut ear, I don't know if we ever would have figured it out. So right. that was 2019 with the cut ear. 2020 my first sit of the year on the plot i killed him in he comes out dog and does it was early october it's like man it's a beautiful deer you know real crabby 10 and then 2021 we had a lot of encounters with him that year i think we had some late season encounters with them on the big plot and then 21 like i said justin's first sit of the year <clears throat> same food plot comes out and does that he passes him and then uh what we call redemption ridge because um, because of the big chief story, um, Justin had an insane amount of hunts. I think it was, he was like five of seven. He encountered big chief in there. He hit him, hit him high, hit him high on a second hunt in there in the back. We never found him. He hunted one more day, didn't see him. And then the next day hunted him again. He come right down the pipe again stayed in the brush couldn't get a shot i mean he was just all over this big chief deer so we called a redemption ridge right. he started having encounters with uh crab king in there and then obviously he got locked on the big chief deer um and then once he was on big chief that hard i just stepped back i was like man i didn't you know this is his story he hit him high i didn't feel right to really pursue that deer i had other deer that i was chasing on some of our satellite farms and uh that whole story just played out. We we found the matching set of sheds off Crab King, and then, uh, you know, going into this year, we were, you know, we were like, yeah, this is going to be our number one guy. And uh, <clears throat> so our farm is really weird. It September, we hardly ever get very many velvet pictures of them, and I don't know why. It used to be complete opposite. We used to have, we used to have all the bucks in September in velvet, and then they would disappear. And then we would be like, well, where'd they all go? You know, they're all gone. Well, in the last like four, probably four years, four or five years, it's been complete opposite. I mean, it's, it's crickets until the end of September, 
mid-September, end of September, and then 1st of October, it's like floodgates. I mean, everything just starts rocking pretty hard. And uh, so we didn't have a whole lot of pictures of him this year. And then, you know, as September, you know, mid-September, it really started clicking in for him. And uh, so it would have been uh, September 27th, I think, Justin's birthday. Justin's like, oh, I've always wanted to shoot a birthday buck. And I was like, okay, well, you know, I had flipped the quarter and won. So he, I hunted, then he hunted, and it would have been me up to bat. And he's like, oh, I always want to shoot a birthday buck. So I was like, all right, I'll sit behind you and film. And so we we went in and uh, and filmed him. No, 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 that ain't right. He was on the – Justin bought a new piece, a 30-acre piece and uh how many acres is your main farm then there's three there's 330 of my dad's we lease 110 okay just 30 and then we have and then justin owns another 10 that's solid timber on the west side so it's all it's not the same property but it's all kind of conjoined yeah it's all continuous yeah yep okay it's all in one section but um so we went to his new 30 acre piece and uh i was up to bat and you know cutty backs go off and i'm like okay he's he's on the peninsula stand well might as well just leave so we left it was getting close to dark he was on the other you know other side but we didn't have the wind so then 27th rolls around and uh i don't know i don't no that's not how that worked i hunted i hunted the peninsula stand he he daylighted the buck 30 we got the right wind to hunt the buck 30, went to the buck 30, daylight of the peninsula. Then the 27th rolled around, which was his birthday. He wanted to hunt. And, uh, so I went in there, filmed him. He came out, never came in the 28th. I went back in, um, to hunt my friend, Avery, who's, you know, Avery and Aiden, they're, they're part of Midwest as well. Um, they're, they're brothers and they're from, you know, right here at new London, but mm-hmm. Avery was filming me. And he came into 40, um, and I was trying to slow everything down, and he ended up seeing another good four-year-old just turn, change his demeanor, walk dead away from me. And then 29th, Justin couldn't hunt. He's like, you got to go in there and hunt him. Like, you know, he's that consistent. He couldn't hunt, and that's, that was the night I killed him. But uh, it was, uh, so it you- was uh, nerve-wracking. <laughs> Because the video, this is all on the Midwest Whitetails, obviously, but you hit hit him high, didn't you? Yep. So um, they in the video when you watch it, um, you can hear me ask Avery a couple times. Avery, are you on him? And uh, there was a little bit of miscommunication there. They, uh, I, I asked him. He he was out of focus. So he was like hurrying up trying to get it in focus. And he didn't want to tell me to go ahead if it was out of focus. Right. And he was, he was going through my corner window on the redneck and, uh, I didn't want to stop him. I knew he was going to, he was getting close to our downwind side and I didn't want to stop him. And I had to, and, uh, he dropped quite a bit and I hit high and luckily my arrow deflected down. It was actually when I, when I, uh, when I cleaned them, <clears throat> it it was actually a double long. His left left top long had a big cut through the top of it, and then his right long was completely just gone. I mean, it was mush when I you know when I pulled it out. But um, I got 
I got very fortunate. It was very fortunate that it deflected down. I got super lucky. I say, yeah, when, I, when I watched the hunt and when I seen it hit, I'm like, ooh. I'm like, oh, boy. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, I was, act- I was actually shocked you found him that same night. Yeah, so um, I was thinking – I actually hit both of my deer high. The wishbone – if you go watch that wishbone hunt, um, I hit artery – high artery on it he didn't go anywhere but right um it was a 43 yard shot and he ducked i mean if you you know you can you can pause the you can pause the frame and you can see my lighted knock in the top left corner of the screen and you could put your finger at the you know bottom of his belly line just a couple inches up and you can leave your finger right there and click through the frames and it'll hit the top of your finger every time on the screen. I mean, it, you know, they're probably ducking 10 inches, eight to 10 right. inches up. Yep. And, uh, it, I was sick, man. I, I honestly thought I'm not finding this deer. I felt terrible. Um, I aimed what I thought was where I should have aimed up, you know, hindsight's probably should aim lower, but, uh, right. I got lucky. And the reason that I went in right away is be, you know, with, the technology that we have today deer cast and stuff like that you know to me it was i don't know how i didn't drop him it looked like backbone and there's either artery there or you know the lungs are going to sit depending on i guess depending on where he is in a breath i guess i, I don't yeah. maybe understand this fully but i would assume that the, the lungs will sit a little bit lower and there will be a, a void space up there high i don't think there's lungs are going to be pegged out at the top of his rib cage but um you know i'm thinking didn't get penetration you know i hit something hard i knew that but when i went back to my computer at work i seen that my fletching was standing straight you know it deflected it and it stood straight up so that told me that that arrow went down which is good it's in his cavity right and then when i found my arrow there was you know 10 inches that was broke off inside of him and that's where i gained my confidence and um, we were finding quite a bit of blood to start with. So I was like, okay, it, you know, he's filling up. There's not going to be a ton of blood cause there's one hole yep. and it's high. It's, it's up high on him, but it was bright red, bubbly blood. And, uh, you know, when he runs to the peak of the hill, you kind of see him trying to get his feet underneath him. And then he like kind of bounds off to the side and everybody would, you know, there was, you know, Justin, there's a couple of us that didn't hardly have any confidence. And then, um, once we slowed the film down and, you know, especially Avery, he's like, he's like, let's go get him. He's like, I, he's there somewhere. He has to be. And a couple other buddies were like, he's there. He's, he has to be. But that gave me a little bit of confidence and it, it's weird. It, it was the same thing with the wishbone deer. It's like, we've seen the direction that he was running on him. And then, you know, we're blood trailing and he goes, the blood trail goes up over the ridge and then we lose blood. And it was like he did a 180 and went clear back to the right, and he just bailed off down in the valley. So it's like I'm going and grid searching this whole side of the direction I think he's going. And it was like when he got to his final, you know, getting down to his final steps, he just turns and bails off the complete direction that I don't think he's going to go. And yep. I couldn't believe it when I went over that crest, that hill, and lit that whole hillside up and seen white. I'm like. <laughs> <laughs> i just couldn't believe it i think we've all been there as bow hunters i mean that's part of <clears> bow hunting you know you go from the highest of highs to the lowest of lows and then from the lowest of lows to the highest of highs so i mean 
I think we've all been there and put, you know, not as good of a shot as we want on a deer, but you know, it happens and it's just part of it. Yeah. And you know, that comes with experience too. I, you know, I, I lack, I admit I lack in that moment of truth and, uh, it is so hard to slow that down. Um, you know, I mean, anybody that's been in a situation knows, you know, what we talk about, but that that is so fast, you know, those last, I guess you would say like 15, 20 seconds of when you know that it's getting ready to happen. And I mean, it is fast, fast, and it's so hard to slow, to slow that down. And that's yep. definitely something I have to work on because, <clears throat> I mean, you know, like you hear some of these, these guys that have been in the industry for a long time, they, they say aim to miss and it's hard to do. It's like, man, I'm going to aim to miss. <laughs> right. But if you do, then he's unharmed, you know, and it, that's a hard concept to grasp. And, and sometimes they don't duck and, you know, there's going to be a day when I walk out of the field and I'm going to go, ah, I shot right underneath him. I knew I should have put it on him, but right. it's like, you know, the, their, their attitude, their demeanor, the, their position, if they're relaxed or if they're alert, I mean, there's so much that goes into it and, Yep. You literally have split second to the side and yep. it's going to happen. That's all there is to it. Yep. So I got to ask you, you know, you have all this history with these bucks. Um, so with Crab King, you know, are you going to kind of be a little sad not seeing him on camera anymore and being able to hunt him? Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, I was so aggravated that I didn't take the 40-yard shot the night before. And, it, you know, and now it's bittersweet. So it that's part of the cat and mouse game and that's the part that i enjoy and you know i got home and was telling my wife about it like i should have just shot you know i was telling everybody i should have just shot when i had the 40 i don't know why you know i'm comfortable with 40 i don't know why i didn't they're like well you'll get him you know he's comfortable or you know if you would have put a badge on him at 40 you know or you would have said man i should let him come in sooner so yeah it's it's bittersweet um it feels good i'll tell you that because right I've never tagged out early, obviously, and I get to be a cameraman, and I, I would, I'll tag out early every year. <laughs> if, if this is how it is, I'm fine with that. But yep. I think no, the, it, the, it's bittersweet. The earliest I've tagged in here in Iowa, our season opens October 1st, as you know. 2018, I shot a buck um, October 11th, the afternoon of October 11th, and that's the earliest I've ever tagged out in Iowa which was yeah. usually it's, I mean, it's early, you know, I, every other buck I got on the wall has been last week of, I think all my deer I've shot in October, like the last week of October. I don't think I've, none of the bucks I got on the wall I've shot in November, but October 11th was early enough for me, I guess. Yeah. Do you have any, uh, other hunts like planned or you guys stay in Missouri and finish it out? Um, yeah, for the most part, we'll stay in Missouri. Um, I'll, I, I went in with Avery and Aiden Epperson on a lease in Oklahoma. Um, nothing crazy showed up out there yet. It's 160 acres. It's about a seven hour drive. So we'll, you can buy over the counters pretty easy there. So, um, we're probably going to give that a whirl. And then I think I have two or two or three preference points in Iowa. So hopefully in the next couple of years, I'll be coming up your all's direction. Yeah. Um, I've always wanted to hunt Iowa and seems like Caleb and Collins and all those guys are it's a different world up there. They're sending us these six and seven year old one fifty, one sixties that they have no desire to shoot and we're down here slobbering over them. We're like, Oh my god 
<laughs> you know. Yeah. Caleb seems like he's always on big deer. He's always got something. It's insane. I the stuff that he's sent us in in the last couple years are like, how do you decide where to go? <laughs> yeah. Right. Exactly. But yeah, congrats on that deer, man. That's awesome. That's a. What do you end up scoring? Or have you scored him yet? Yeah, he'll be right at right around one sixty. One sixty. He's a ten point. Yep. You said. Uh huh. Yep. Awesome. Yeah, beautiful deer. Thank you. Thank you. But hey, normally when we have a guest on, I try to do uh, some rapid fire questions. Okay. Uh, typical or non typical? Typical. Uh, what's your dream hunt? Money's not wanna, an option, or a, yeah. a factor. Yeah. I want to say, I want to say, an archery bull elk. Yep, there you go. That's on my bucket list for sure. I haven't made it out west yet, but I really want to. I'm actually going on a late season muley hunt in Nebraska, um, just a public land type deal. Try and just do something different. That'll be fun. Yeah. Uh, let's see. If you had to pick one animal to hunt for the rest of your life, what would it be? No doubt about it. Whitetail. Yeah. <laughs> Seems to be the common answer. Um, uh, deer or turkey? Deer. Beer or whiskey? Ooh. <laughs> Stop. Uh, I don't. I'm gonna say, man. I'm. I'll just go with beer. Yep. Whiskey kind of gets you in trouble. At least me, anyway. <laughs> it, it hurts too hard. You know, too. <laughs> yeah. It, it hurts too many days. That's for. Yep. That's for sure. Especially the older you get, it seems like it's hard to recover. Yeah. Uh, tree stand or box blind? Box blind. If you could have an unlimited supply of one thing, what would it be? Rednecks. <laughs> <laughs> there you I go. I kind of figured that was coming. Uh, yeah, it, it, uh, I mean, people give us a hard time, but it changes the way that you haunt your farm. It changes concealment. You don't burn stuff. I love it. Uh, other than early season when it's baking and it's 90 degrees in there and you're sweating, it's terrible. But Right. Man, you can hunt all times of year and be comfortable and and hunt smarter. That's my whole thing. Yep. If someone came up to you with a briefcase full of hundred dollar bills, billion dollars, would you quit hunting? No. Yeah, that's a good answer. <laughs> that's a I mean, common that's, answer that's too. A, that's a dumb answer, but I don't know. I mean, you could be you can have all the money in the world, but I don't think I'd want to quit doing it. No, for no, sure. No way. Um, what do you fear the most, a deer sight or a deer sense of smell? I would say smell because yep. um, half the time you don't even see them before they smell you. Right. Um, okay, last question. Who's a quote-unquote famous hunter that you look, looked up to as a kid or maybe now even? I would say my favorite of all time has got to be still Mark Curry. Yep. Yeah, he's uh, full of whitetail knowledge, that's for sure. He's a wizard. There's a lot of there's a lot of really, you know, people that are full of knowledge. There's people that hunt different styles. And, you know, I mean, there's, there's a lot of really cool public land guys that really have to grind hard and, you know, do more scouting and, but as far as what Mark has done with, I feel like, hardwood or 
pasture ground or small parcels or large parcels what he's done in the hunting industry from start to finish and then when he just gets his sights set on a specific deer and he you know i mean it, it, there's no stopping that guy it, nobody can consistently do it as good as he has done it and you know they say well he's got all the money he's got all this he's got all well he built it he did it from he did it from scratch no denying that he built it and he can do it that way because that's what he's worked his tail off for and to me that's impressive you know very impressive yes i think that's all we got i appreciate you guys you coming on and doing this yeah man i i appreciate you guys asking me to come on and hopefully one day we can i don't know go to the iowa deer classic meetup or yeah, you bet. maybe have a couple of those cold beers that we talked about oh yeah you bet but yeah before <laughs> we go uh where can people find you and where can they find and watch your hunts at um instagram facebook all our stuff goes to midwest um i i don't really know what my tags are on you know instagram or anything just search my name tyler bellman and and then look for the shows on midwest sounds good all right man thanks again we really appreciate it yep thank you thanks tyler and have a good rest of the season filming it sounds like yeah you too (laughs) see you bud yeah we'll talk later well before we go i just want to say be sure to hit the follow button on spotify and hit that little notification button it looks like a little bell uh that way you know when we post these episodes that you know right away and it'd just be a lot easier um and I just want to say I appreciate everyone listening. We've hit 20,000 total plays, which, you know, may not be a lot for some, but for us, it's pretty yeah, good. That's pretty good. You know, 20,000 total plays, people listening. So we appreciate it. Um, yeah, other than that, thanks for listening. And uh, hope you enjoyed this one with Tyler. And we'll catch you on the next one. See you guys.